All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast. And uh, we'll have a presented by next week. I, I don't quite have it official yet, but yes, we do have a sponsor uh, coming up, and uh, I'm very excited about it. But we'll uh, we'll touch on that next week. But uh, uh, also, um, just want to throw this out there: this this could be an R-rated uh, segment or version of the podcast. Uh, so I just want to no. just want to mention that. I I, nah. I mean, hey, it's not that people are isolated due to some virus, and they could be or or maybe not be drinking alcohol. I'm just throwing that out there, just in case there are small children listening. In any case, I hope that you are all well, and I hope uh, that that it really doesn't matter what political persuasion you are. I hope that you are safe and you are doing the things necessary to stay safe in the uh, uh, eyes of this invisible enemy and everything else that is the uh, coronavirus and uh, uh, got word tonight that uh, somebody that that I know is is personally affected by it now. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And again, you are here not to listen to that, but to listen to us talk some Steelers. So that's what we're going to do. But again, just hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, joining me as usual is uh, Ian from his lockdown location in uh, Western PA. Ian, how's it going for you tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Things are mostly closed down here. My family's in good shape. We're all healthy. Good. We've got plenty of beer and whiskey, so we're uh, sticking through it. Plenty of beer and whiskey. Uh, what, what about you and your wife? What, what about you guys? I mean, obviously the kids are going to drink all the beer and the whiskey. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, you never know. It's. I, I mean, we just we just ended St. Patrick's Day. I'll uh, tell you what, actually. I, uh, I came home from work the day before St. Patrick's Day, and my eight-year-old asked me for a glass of whiskey to put in his <laughs> leprechaun trap. So um, the, <laughs> my, my kids are, are plenty Scotch-Irish. Um, they've not <laughs> tried terrific. whiskey yet. They, they are well aware of what whiskey is. That is terrific. Uh, and uh, out on the left coast is uh, Ben, who... who uh, well, shall we say he, he's an essential person and he's had a day, so he's already started imbibing and, and who knows what that brings for him. Ben, how are you tonight? Better now. Better now. Yes, indeed he is. Uh, let's just jump right into it. The Steelers have gotten their way through free agency, at least through uh, technically tomorrow is a full week. You know, they have the the legal tampering period from that Monday through Wednesday, and then you can start signing officially on Wednesday. And we're just about a week now. And, um, you know, uh, Ian, what's your, like your general overall, we'll, we'll look at each of these guys, but uh, just, just in the sense of, did they do more? Did they do less? Uh, What what was your overall so far with the Steelers? Because they're not done. I don't think either, but just so far. Yeah, I think they did a lot more than I was expecting them to. Uh, We talked about it last week that the new CBA that passed really allowed them some flexibility with uh, extensions or not, not extensions. Sorry. They haven't actually extended anyone's contract yet, but restructuring contracts of existing players. And they did a whole bunch within the first day or two to get cap room. And even with the guys they signed, they still have about $10 million in cap space, which in the grand scheme of what other teams in the league have isn't a lot, but for the Steelers where we've been in recent years, 10 million is a lot of cap space. Now, before anyone gets any crazy ideas about going out and signing Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or anything with that $10 million, let's just 
clear this up that they're probably going to need about three to four million to sign their draft picks and they usually like to have about between three and five million entering the season so that they're able to sign guys to replace injured players and things like that during the season so uh, you figure that probably takes up about we'll say eight million to be generous um of that 10 million in space so right now actively without an extension for cam hayward or any other deals getting done um we're probably looking at about you know two million in spendable money for this year as far Mm. as the cap goes for the rest of free agency so um you know maybe a couple minimum salary guys where you know it won't count heavily against the cap and the displacement of one of the bottom level players in the top 51 gets knocked down that it doesn't really impact the cap all that much but i I wouldn't expect any major signings that said um i was shocked by what Derek watt got from us um he's (laughs) probably now the second or third highest paid fullback in the league um eric ebron i didn't think we'd be anywhere close to being in the market for him um Mm -hmm. but that signing um i was not a huge fan of it originally but he clapped back on andrew filiponi on twitter tonight so he is now my (laughs) new favorite stealer i missed this please explain (laughs) go ahead and explain let me um so all right for for those who don't know um andrew filiponi who goes by the pony express on twitter um he is a uh yes he is douche he is a um personality commenter on 93.7 the fan which is pittsburgh's local one of our sports radio stations and uh pony is constantly wrong he's known for basically getting every single prediction he's ever made incorrect um and that's putting it nicely yeah very Uh, nicely and so pony tweeted earlier tonight interesting quote from a longtime nfl scout on eric ebron quote he's the opposite of heath miller he doesn't block he doesn't keep quiet we could see fireworks end quote so eric ebron uh quote tweeted this and said he must be great at his job quote longtime nfl scout unquote congrats to him (laughs) (laughs) and so uh yeah it was so while I didn't initially like the signing, Eric Ebron is my new favorite stealer for um, calling out the guy I affectionately call Pitt Bayless because that's basically what he is. He's Pittsburgh's version of Skip Bayless. Uh, he not only is he wrong about everything, but he also is a classic clickbaiter. He loves to to just put stuff out yeah. that gets people to react. He and puts out I, garbage that he knows is yeah, true. Absolutely, and I think and he tries just to sell it yep. as valid. Yep. Fuck that guy. Yep. Ben, what was what was your overall reaction? Were you kind of with Ian in terms of just the overall activity, or did you expect this? Where where are you? No, I was surprised they made that much that much space. I really, really was. The Derek Watt deal, yes, Derek is now the second highest paid fullback in the league. He's a long way, long long way behind Kyle Usick, but uh, mm-hmm. about two mm-hmm. million a year. But he's the second highest paid fullback in the league now. Um, I don't. I didn't love the signing, but, you know, it kind of depends on what they're going to do with him. Um, the way I see it, they had some issues last year with the guy that they had staying healthy. And so they went out and they replaced him. And I, I feel really bad for Rosie Nix. We all love the guy. Yeah. But I guess they made a decision that it was time and, and they moved on. Um, they're paying Watt a, a pretty penny. Uh, I did not like the Eric Ebron signing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of 
a lot of fans loved it. I think when he drops four or five balls throughout the course of the preseason, you know, he'll probably play a total of like a whole game, four quarters in the preseason, and mm-hmm. he'll drop four or five balls. And at that point, Colbert and Tomlin will both get roasted for signing the guy because he drops the ball so often. He can't block a lick. No. He drops the ball a lot. Uh, but when he does have the ball in his hands in space, he's dangerous. He's scary dangerous. If the guy could mm-hmm. catch consistently, he'd be making $12 million a year. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's making $6 million. So, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, Derek Watt, we talked about. Steve, Steven was Wisniewski. I like this signing. When it first happened, I Very did Very surprising. Like it yeah. it, it kind of was. He's got center experience. He's a better center than Finney was. Um, True. He came really cheap. I mean, dirt cheap. He's been a, a backup a lineman who's started a lot of games the last few years because the guys in front of him mm-hmm. got injured. Um, I wouldn't call him a great player. He does have a little more junk in the trunk to to anchor as a pass blocker by comparison yeah. to Finney. Yep. He's not as good. He's not as, as fleet of foot. He's not going to be a good puller like Finney was, um, but he is a better center. So all in all, this is a pretty good signing, and it's for less than half the price that Finney got on the open market with Seattle. It really is a pretty good trade. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. like it initially, and Ian was like, ah, oh, no, he's actually pretty good. I was like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, when I found out what they signed him for, I was like, yeah, that's a really good, really good uh, value signing. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of backtracking here. I, I, you know, whenever I look at signings of a free agent variety, I, I kind of, you know, I, I think about Ebron. Okay, you know, this is this was a guy that was drafted in the first round to Detroit, and and the Lions let him go. He goes to Indianapolis, and the Colts let him go. Okay, there's obviously something there, and you guys already kind of hit on it. He doesn't catch the ball consistently enough. And he doesn't block well. And I mean, there's a reason you you get released from these teams. Um, because if you did either of those things exceptionally well, you're probably not getting released. And and I agree with you. He's terrific when he gets the ball in his hands. I mean, the guy runs like a four six forty um, at his size. He's got a great radius. Uh, it's just can he catch the ball consistently? And to this point in his career, he really hasn't. Um, that's my concern with him. Uh, do, do I appreciate the fact that the Steelers addressed an area of need? Yes. Um, and and do I have uh, you know an option? No, because I think he came as about affordable as they were going to be able to get at tight end. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful with these, but um, I have tremendous tremendous concerns with him. Um, now I have not heard you know Ian. I've not heard anything about him either in Detroit or Indianapolis about off-field stuff or being too active on social media. I am a little surprised at how active he's been, um, but I haven't heard any negatives, so hopefully this is just what he does and leaves it at that. I, have you seen anything else? The basics that I've heard is that he's a guy who wants to be on the field and wants to get the ball thrown his way. Um, so, I mean, you could call that a little bit of that sort of diva receiver mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
But at the same time, you know, Indianapolis was giving a lot of snaps and they gave a lot of money to Jack Doyle last year, too, Mm -hmm. um, who had kind of surpassed Ebron on the depth chart a little bit. So I can kind of understand why they had a a mutual parting of ways there that Indy was already throwing money at another tight end and didn't want to pay a second one. Um, the, the one other thing to uh, consider in this whole thing is that next year is the last year of uh, uh, Vance McDonald's Vance contract. McDonald's, and yeah. he does, it's the, since it was a contract done by San Francisco and not by Pittsburgh, um, there are team options in there. So the Steelers kind of mm-hmm. have a, a team option for next year and could potentially save a little over $5 million against the cap um, if they – you know, if they're able right. to, or, sorry, if they, if they don't pick up the option, mm-hmm. then they save about $5.2 million against the cap. So, um, you know, potentially looking at that next year, there is an escalator in Ebron's contract, but also, you know, if he performs well this year, he could step into that number one role next year if they get rid of Vance, or they could have both of them again for a second year if they both perform well together. Um, I think that we're probably going to see a lot more two tight end sets. Although Ebron's the kind of guy who, like you said, he can run down the field. He can stretch the seam. And when he gets the ball in his hand, he's, he's dangerous. So they have two tight ends now that can get down the field and really, really stretch the linebackers down the seam. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they try and attack vertically. And that's really something that was, was missing last year in the offense. Granted we had, captain right. check down and mason rudolph and then uh, um you know doc hodges was what he was but um they really didn't have anyone um that they felt comfortable trying to really stretch the field with consistently especially over the middle and, and now they'll have two of those kind of guys between vance and ebron so uh ben and we'll talk about this towards the end of the show but I, i'm just going to jump on it now since i'm thinking about it given what what ian just said about vance mcdonald's contract status maybe for next year does that take tight end off the board uh, as far as the draft this year, or or do you possibly see a tight end still being taken? Uh, maybe. I don't think you see a, a tight end taken high at this point, yeah. given the investment they have in those two guys. And I, I don't think that Ebron is necessarily going to be the backup tight end this year either. They're paying mm-hmm. him more than they're paying Vance this yeah. year. Yeah. And... They're two different players. They're entirely different players. So it, it depends on the set. It depends on what you're trying to do. You're not going to put Ebron in there and make him an inline blocker. No. Because, no way. frankly, he's even worse at it than Xavier Grimble, and he sucks. So <laughs> he does. He's terrible. He does. So, I know. Um, you know, I, I just don't see that happening very often. Um if they do something like that, it's going to be where they put him out in the slot and then bring him in and have him take out an, an in, you know, outside linebacker. Surprise! Mm-hmm. Boom! It's not going to be you know where he's he's set directly outside the tackle and he's trying to seal off the defensive end. Um, but uh, you know, it, it it makes things interesting. You know, as as Ian outlined, they they have a couple of guys that can stretch the field up the seam, especially. Mm-hmm. Especially Ebron. Um, yeah, oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, uh, and the other yeah. side of that, though, is, you know, he's going to drop a lot of balls. And people, he is. this is something I, I I was thinking about when you guys were talking. There's, there's very little nuance with the fans. It's either a fantastic signing or it's the worst signing ever. Mm. There's nothing in between. And there's a <laughs> whole lot of gray area in there. 
But the thing with Ebron is you have to accept the bad with the good. He's going to have some good games and he's going to do some good things. And then the next week he's going to drop three balls and you're going to hate him. And, you know, it's not, it's not all good or all bad. It's not all wonderful and rosy and sunshiny or all doom and gloom. You've got to see all the stuff in the middle. That's the only point I'm trying to make here. And with fans, that just doesn't seem to translate. It's either fantastic, wonderful, or you're terrible. You suck. Terrible signing. I wish we hadn't done that. And well, you just yeah. got to see more. It, it, Vance McDonald came aboard with kind of a similar reputation um, as a guy who dropped some very catchable balls. and Not that and many. No, not not to that extent, but, but he did. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess in, in the – the NFL these days, there are very, very few sure-handed guys as it is. But, um, you know, it, it'll be curious to me to see where that goes. Um, I did have a chance to talk to, I think you guys know who uh, Booga, uh, Booga Peters is. He's a uh, a blogger and big uh, Los Angeles Charger fan. We, we, we chatted this week a little bit about Derek Watt. And, you know, his overwhelming comments were, you're just going to love him. He's your typical Watt. He's great in the locker room. He's great with the fans. I mean, he, he's going to be an instant fan favorite. Um, but, you know, we talked about how do you use him because, uh, you know, is he your traditional fullback? What does he offer? And and he was really complimentary of Watt's uh, very deceptive speed. Said he's much faster than uh, he looks, and and he pulls away from guys, and and at the same time has an ability to to churn out a yard when you need it on a third and short. He, he burrows really well, does a good job. So um, I, I'm excited about it. I, I I agree with you guys, and Ian, you pointed that out that uh, it's a big hunk of money that I never saw coming. Um, but isn't it? fair to say that they're not just looking at him offensively, but I mean, he's, he's going to step right in and be on literally every special teams unit as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, he yeah. already kind of endeared himself to the fans by his uh, Instagram post wearing all Pittsburgh stuff. And yeah. 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 He, he gets it. And uh, it it's, it's kind of funny. He's making significantly more money than his brother is right now. Um and and they've had a few good shots at each other via social media that that uh, Derek's going to have to pay right now because as as soon as TJ gets the big contract, uh, he'll be the one paying for a long long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, what uh, Ben? What did you think about? First of all, I was stunned that we made a trade with the Baltimore Ravens. I, I never dreamed in a million years that would happen, but That's a good it trade. did. Yeah, I, as it turns out, I think it, it's a very good trade. Um, the the Steelers and the Ravens they swap twenty twenty one draft picks. We send them a fifth. They send us a seventh, and they also send us uh, defensive lineman Chris Wormley. Um, what were your overall thoughts on it? I like Wormley. Um, he's only got one year left on his deal. That's the only yeah. downside to this trade at all is that he's only got one side. He's got one year left. Yeah. And if they don't extend him, they basically traded a five for a seven, you know, and, right. and got one year of service out of the guy. So they'll, they'll at least get one year out of him. I think he's a guy who's going to come in and kind of take over where, uh, not, not so much, where Hargrave left off. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll play a little bit of nose and he'll back up the the defensive tackles. And I guess 
technically to its end by name, but he's a tackle most most of the formations. And he'll he'll do he'll he'll play a key role in on about ten or twelve snaps a game. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Kind of what Hargrave used to do. I think he can play three tech. I'm not overwhelmed by the thought of him playing nose, but I no. think in some formations he's going to have to play nose tackle um, because the only other option they've got right now is Dan McCullers, uh, and Bugs is definitely not a nose tackle. So, right. you know, they don't really have a whole heck of a lot of choice there, but it's a really nice depth acquisition, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was superfluous in in Baltimore at that point, and so they just – they basically said, hey, you know, what's the best we can get for this guy? Because we're going to have to release him. And it worked out that the Steelers had the best offer, so they took it. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I like it. Uh, Ian, what, what what was your overall take on it? Yeah, I kind of agree with Ben. I think he kind of slots into that defensive line rotation. And really considering that we play in our nickel package with only two defensive linemen for, you know, 75% of our snaps, it's not really a huge deal to consider who's going to be playing nose since we don't play that that much at all. Um, actually, last year we probably played more one defensive lineman, especially after two it got hurt where it was just Cam yeah. in there um, and five linebackers or four linebackers and a bunch of defensive backs than we did, you know, with our traditional three. Um, but, you know, the rotation is going to be Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt are your starters and your top two. And then Tyson Aluoglu is your number three guy who can mm-hmm. fill in at either spot or rotate in um, at both spots uh, when they go to nickel. And then the the fourth guy in the rotation, this was kind of where Hargrave had, had stepped in last year, was Hargrave was not only the starting nose tackle, but it finally um, – you know, gotten used to or figured out the the calls for how to play in the nickel alignment too. So they were able to actually get more snaps out of them last year um, to play that fourth role in the rotation uh, for for the nickel package. So I think that's mostly where Warmly fits in is that fourth rotational role in the nickel package. Um, And then, you know, maybe they do keep McCullers, which I don't know how they keep him at, you know, a million plus dollars that they could save against the cap if they get rid of him. Um, but, I, you know, I, I got to think they're going to either draft a nose tackle in a later round or pick one up as an undrafted free agent. Um, true nose tackles really aren't a hot commodity anymore. No. Not many teams use them. So those guys will be available later on in the draft um, that they, they could be had. The, you know, the defensive tackles or the interior guys who are, going to become the high draft picks now are the athletic guys that can get after the quarterback. I mean, Aaron Donald's a freak player, yeah. but to, to compare anyone to him is doing him an injustice. Yeah. Um, but, but guys who could, could be potentially of that mold that an interior lineman that can push the pocket and rush the passer is the guys who are going to go higher in the draft and your more traditional run pluggers are going to fall because there's not that much use for them anymore. So if the Steelers want a traditional nose tackle, they can definitely find one um, either on day three or as an undrafted free agent. And it's funny. It's something, it's, I, something to bear in mind yeah, real quickly is, is that Alu Alu is 32 mm-hmm. and he's in the last year of his deal also. And Wormley is 26. So I, I tend to wonder how interchangeable those guys are going to be. I mean, Alu Alu can play nose. It's probably not his best position anymore, but he no. can play nose. Um, and Wormley, yeah, I could play nose too, but that's not really where I would put him either. He just doesn't have enough sand in his pants to play nose tackle. He's too tall. Um, he 
But well, McCullers is like six foot eight. Yeah, but he's also like four hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a nose in the sense that nobody can move him. Right. You know, right. Well, he McCullers can't move is difficult either. to That's move. Right. He can't move. Yeah, he can't move himself either, which is why he gets right. in his teammates' way. Um, but I I tend to wonder if Wormley doesn't over the course of the season progress from the number four defensive lineman to the number three defensive lineman. Yeah, and Tyson, Tyson Alualu, you know, is it's big goodbye at the end of the year. And they say to Chris Wormley, hey, we want you to stay. You know, here's the deal mm-hmm. we're willing to offer mm-hmm. you. It wouldn't be a terrible idea to go ahead and extend him before the year, but I, I don't think they will because that's not what the Steelers do. True. No, they're going to want to see him play first. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it is a good thought. I, I mean, as the season progresses, I, I can I can see that unfolding uh, based on what you laid out with the contracts. Um, what what I would like to do here, guys, is is I'm basically just going to uh, shut up and, and allow you guys to to talk about this because it's well above my pay grade. Um, we had uh, Bill on Twitter, uh, who thank you, Bill, listens to uh, the podcast and stuff, and was wondering if you guys would discuss the comp picks for 2021. Now, I know that's getting ahead of things here a little bit, but I think it's something good to discuss simply because of the number of players that we have had leave and go to other teams, okay? So um, we have had, uh, let's see, Javon Hargrave and B.J. Finney um, and and Artie Burns, John Davis. We've had a number of guys move on. And, and again, this is, uh, I, I don't get into the, uh, the number stuff very much. So this is where I'll let you guys d- discuss this a bit. So, uh, Ian, go ahead and start us off. Where, where are we at when it comes to looking at this 2021 comp pick formula stuff? So there were a few changes to the comp pick formula that happened with the new CBA and to keep things from getting overly complicated. I won't go into all those, yeah. but, um, the, the general formula of, the guys you sign versus the guys you lose is still in effect. So guys that were true unrestricted free agents are the only ones that count towards the signings. Um, Guys that you sign that were actually cut by another team don't count, which is how teams like the Ravens and the Patriots over time have really been able to stack up on the number of comp picks because they sign guys who are cut by other teams, not true unrestricted free agents so mm-hmm. um Let's at touch least real quickly on the the option thing that was in vance mcdonald's contract okay. yeah. go ahead ben you you can cover that if you want oh, okay uh yeah. I, basically i just, you were talking about the only free agents that count are actual true free agents and that's true but before the reason that teams had those options in there was it was a way to get around the not a true free agent rule and they would they would fail to exercise the options on players and they would get comp picks for it. So basically it was it was a mechanism that teams included in the contracts to get themselves some extra comp picks. Okay. The NFL got rid of it even before the CBA was was finalized. So those guys don't count either. If the Steelers had, had gone ahead and not exercised Vance McDonald's option this year, they would have gotten nothing. It's the same as cutting him, basically. Okay. Yeah, yep. please go yep. on. I'm sorry to, yeah. to have cut yeah. you off. No, okay. So 
on the whole, we've signed three free agents that were, you know, unrestricted free agents. We talked about them, mm-hmm. Eric Ebron, Derek Watt, Stefan Wisniewski. Uh, right. We've lost six guys so far, Javon Hargrave, Sean Davis, BJ Finney, Tyler Matikiewicz, Nick Vanette, and Artie Burns that were true uh, unrestricted free agents. Burns, yeah. we haven't seen the details of his contract yet, so that's well, that one's kind of up in the air. We're not really sure if that's going to fall into the, the comp pick formula. Um, there are only 32 compensatory picks that are awarded by the NFL. So, um, you know, you look at the the 32 largest contracts that are awarded, which means that Stefan Wisniewski, considering he only signed for an average of, of about $1.4 million, may or may not count actually against Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. But yep. we'll see. Um, because there are other factors that count in with playing time and postseason awards and, and other things that get factored in at a later point in time. But at this point, probably not with the estimates. So mm-hmm. we're probably looking at three or four comp picks, depending on how Artie Burns' contract with Chicago factors out. Um, you know, Eric Ebron and Sean Davis's contracts were about equal. Um, Derek Watt and Nick Vanette's contracts were essentially equals. Um, so you're really looking at we lost Hargrave, we lost Finney, we lost Matikiewicz, and then depending on how Burns counts. And mm-hmm. so, you know, probably looking at a, you know, somewhere between a three and a five for Hargrave West made around a four, probably um, five. Finney, won't be well, a five. No, it won't be a five. You're a right. Three I mean, or a four. All right. Three or four. He signed for 13 million. You're right. Um, I was being generous. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Very. Don't okay. be generous. Ian. It'll right. be the, it'll be the highest four or it'll be the lowest three. One of the two. And some, obviously somewhere. we're rooting for the highest, for the lowest three rather. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Because mm-hmm. remember, comp picks happen at the end of a round, so the right. lowest third round pick would still be about the beginning of the fourth round, whereas right. the the highest fourth round pick would be the beginning of the fifth round, essentially the end of the fourth round. So there is a, a thirty two pick difference there, depending on where that pick gets awarded. Um, and then Finney and Matikiewicz, they both signed for around four million a year, so they're they're probably in the sixth round range. I would guess they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Finney, Finney's borderline. He's like, he's like right there at the cutoff. He could be a seven, but he might be a six. So that's another one where we got to root for the six because it's like Ian just pointed out. It's 32 picks difference between like the lowest six and the first seven. Speaking of Finney, why? And that's the thing where if I mark one second. If, yeah, go that's ahead. The thing, go ahead. That's, that's the thing where like, the the other factors the playing time the postseason awards yeah things. I mean Finney's not going to make the Pro Bowl but the playing time factor could come into play uh, you never know Finney Finney well no he's not <laughs> never mind <laughs> but well, but- maybe, maybe he plays a lot of special teams but I'm thinking of Matikevich Matikevich could make the Pro Bowl as a special teamer that would not shock me right so oh. something like that that you know those things get factored into the comp pick formula as well that we don't know those right now. So, but the playing time could be a big deciding factor sort of between those ones that are on the cusp. Well, just real quick, speak, speaking of Finney and and I know Ben for sure, but, but uh, Ian, were you just as surprised as me? I thought Finney was going to fetch a little bit larger number on the open market. Were you guys surprised by that? A little bit. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I I must've overvalued him. I, I thought he I, was. I a, did too. You know, I did too. Yeah. I I thought he was going to get like Chris Hubbard money, like seven million a year, uh, three years, seven million, and he got you know two years at four million. So, yeah. uh, you know, hey, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. I you know, hey, I mean, but uh, uh, so it, it, as far as this, and don't forget too, um, I think it was last year the first year that comp picks could be traded. 
uh, yep. I think two years ago. Was it two years ago? Okay. So, so that, it was it was a recent change though. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. So that still exists. So yes. you know, hopefully that you know answers Bill's question. Ben, did you want to add in on the comp pick stuff? I, I didn't let you really get a uh, shot at that. No, I mean I I think the Steelers are probably going to get at this point three comp picks, uh potentially four if Artie Burns' deal turns out to be, you know, worth more than $2 million. I doubt it is. Yeah, uh, as, as sparingly as, as Artie played the last couple of years in Pittsburgh, I don't think he's going to get a, a ton of money. And I, you know, as we've mm-hmm. discussed before on the, this podcast, I feel bad for Artie. He hit a lot on his I plate. You know, he's a parent to his own children and also a parent to his younger brothers. Um yeah. Had a lot going on. Wasn't really well suited toward what the Steelers were asking him to do. He's more of a bump and run corner. They wanted him to play a lot of zone and bump and run. Um, he did his best to learn it. He also was saddled, I'm sorry, with having to play with Mike Mitchell, who it seems very clear, you know, empirically, just looking at, at what's happened in the defense since Mitchell left, uh, communication has become less and less and less of, a, of a, an issue. Totally agree. Without Mitchell back there calling the coverages. So, you know, yeah. you feel bad and you wonder what would have been had had he been, even with Sean Davis for a couple mm-hmm. of years as a free safety, he was better at it than, than Mitchell was. And Minka, yeah. man, things well. like there was there weren't were there blown covers last year at all? Did that, did that happen? Was that a thing? I I don't remember it at all. Never. Like a, a, maybe a handful of times. Not over, many. Like, I mean, there, there were a couple thirteen in, in weeks. The, so. There were a couple yeah. in the Seattle game. There were a couple in the Seattle game, but yeah. that was that was Cam Kelly. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pre Minka. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like, uh, dumbass rookie. <laughs> uh, so with with the Steelers the adding uh, the yeah, one other ahead. thing I'll add on comp picks is that the Steelers in the past, as part of sort of their draft strategy, have mm-hmm. used sort of known comp picks to be willing to trade. So they were willing to trade a third round pick in 2020 last year as part of the package to help them move up for Devin Bush because they knew they were going to get a third round comp pick for Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. So. You know, I just I wish they would trade those the, comp picks instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would that would make more sense. Well, the thing is, you can't you can't trade the comp picks until you know what they are. Well, you, you can announced. Well, you can, but you can you can put a qualifier in the trade that it's got to be at least as high a pick, right? right? Yeah. So you can say to the team, "We're going to give you our three, but we're going to give you our lowest three. Well, if right. you only get one three, that's your lowest three. So. That's the mm-hmm. one that the other team gets. That's the gamble the other team makes. If you get a four instead of a third, well, they get your third. They don't get your comp third. Right. Right. So, so. you know, in in our in our last few minutes here uh, today, guys, we we've seen us add uh, an interior offensive lineman. We've seen uh, us add a defensive lineman. We've added a fullback special teams guru. Um, and of course, a tight end. How, how does this, Ben? How does this change the Steelers' approach to the draft? Um, does it does it jumble up some things in terms of maybe what they had as a priority two weeks ago? Now it's different. I mean, does it change yes. anything 
Yes. Now, yeah. now offensive line is a higher priority. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I think I, it is, but people will I, disagree with me and that's totally fine. I think, I think what's probably going to happen is it's going to be the best offensive player available who is not a tight end or a quarterback yeah. in the second round. Now, don't get me wrong. If something ridiculous happens and Justin Herbert falls to 49, yeah, the mm-hmm. Steelers are taking him. They, they'd be idiots not to. Right. But that isn't going to happen. Okay? Right. Um, right. There's, a, there's an outside chance they might take a tight end. And I'd love it because then that would mean that Zach Gentry falls even further in the death chart. But <laughs> I don't see it happening. Um, and by the way, I'm out of whiskey, so we need to hurry ooh, up. Oh, boy, that's um, a problem. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just think ideally it's an offensive lineman. That's my opinion. But it could be a running back. It really could. It could be a wide receiver. You know they love their wide receivers. Man. Absolutely. If they, if they see a wide receiver there that they're like, Oh yeah, we got a first round grade on that guy. They're taking him. They're taking him. That's how Especially they actually guy that that's can stretch how they the field too. Juju. Yeah. Remember when they drafted Juju? We were like, oh, wide receiver? Why'd you do that? Oh God. Yep. Uh, yep. Hell no. That guy was worth a first round pick, much yep. less a second. If they see value in the second round, they are going to take him. Yep. And if they they're real good at at dra- at uh, at scouting wide receivers, if they see value at 49 and in the in the round of excuse me in the in the form of a first round grade at wide receiver or running back or anything else they're gonna take that guy at 49 so it it is what it is um i got a feeling we're gonna be surprised by it it wouldn't shock me also if it's if it's an edge player Mm -hmm. uh inside linebacker could be that too The depth there is for shit right now. It really is. You got starters and then you got nothing. You got a bunch of guys with no experience behind them. And the young guys, like we talked about last week, young guys got to step up. So I'm going to end it right there. Yeah. Ian, what uh, what do you think? How how does it change it? I agree with Ben. I think it takes – it lessens the need for a tight end. We still probably need a third tight end. Um, You know, we really could – Wait, 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 wait. You're saying Zach Gentry is not Uh, a tight end? No, no. So what he are you sucks. what are you saying, Ian? He's exactly. tall. <laughs> he is he is tall and he he's runs. He's a former quarterback. <laughs> he's tall and he runs like he's wearing concrete shoes that he's about to get thrown <laughs> to the bottom of Lake Michigan. But um, how about his blocking? I mean, it's uh, oh wait, that, that I can't really block too. either. Um, um, yeah, well, so yeah, those are, those are probably but he runs so, really good. No, he doesn't run good routes. Uh, but he but um, he's tall. He's t- yeah, he's tall. He's tall. Yeah, he's tall. He's got big hands and he's tall. Red zone target. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, I mean, I'd say the fourth and fifth wide receiver positions are, are still open. Third tight end yeah. is open. Um, you know, one or two offensive line spots are open. <laughs> Running backs, kind of a wide open competition behind behind James Conner. Anything could kind of happen there. On defense, probably need another defensive lineman. We talked about nose tackle earlier tonight. Um, we need both an outside and an inside linebacker, at least one, maybe two. Um, safeties, we might need two more of those or 
you know, you could always go for another corner too. So, I mean, it's, it's really wide open. It is. Um, we need a new punter too, but we absolutely should not draft a punter. Um, so <laughs> what about a long snapper? How about a long snapper? Uh, yeah, the candidate. We're fine. How about, um, how about a long snapper at 49 though? I mean, you really, that, that, <laughs> that would be a wild card right there. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine? Oh, oh my god, my people god. would lose their mind. Uh and real so quickly, one other one other Yeah, note, go, yeah, go ahead. Ian. Yeah, one one other thing I I'll I'll note is that tonight probably about an hour or so before we recorded, it came out that the NFL general manager subcommittee unanimously recommended oh. that the commissioner push back the date of the draft. Um so we'll see where that goes for now the NFL still sticking with mm-hmm. their April 23rd date which is about a month away. So as of right now we'll plan on, you know, having a, a month until the draft but that's yeah. subject to change moving forward. I mean basically what they're going to do is they're going to have satellite camera crews recording guys when they get drafted and their their expressions and them yeah. hugging their families and everything else and they're going to announce the names and and it'll be fine. I'm really not worried about it, honestly. I just want the draft to get here already and be done. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm already sick of it. Uh yeah. I, I once I get about three weeks off from the combine, that's where I'm at too. I just want of course we would also have pro days to talk about and everything else. But uh anyway, we're uh we're gonna get out of here for uh this edition of the show. And uh once again, please if you get a moment, leave a uh, rating, review, whatever, on the platform that you listen to us on. And feel free to hit us up, as Bill did, uh, on Twitter or whatever, and, and uh, shoot us questions or comments, whatever. We'll be glad to address them on the very next show. But uh, I guess we'll get out of here and see where things go for the next week. And uh, uh, everybody stay safe and, and don't you know keep, keep that social distancing, ladies and gentlemen. Social distancing, very important these days. And uh, anyway, for Ian and for Ben, this is Steel Dad signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. 